Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's our final day of coverage here, live from the winter meetings in San Diego. Craig Mitch along with Bernie Pleskoff and, of course, Joe Pizapia. Big stories happening here in San Diego. Garrett Cole, now a member of the New York Yankees. We dive into that and a lot more as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. From the 2019 Baseball Winter Meetings. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Now, let's go live to the Hyatt in San Diego with your hosts, Craig Mish and former MLB scout, Bernie Pleskoff. And good afternoon and welcome in. This is our live coverage of the MLB Winter Meetings here on FNTSY Radio and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and Sports Grid as well. Thank you so much for joining us the past couple of days. We've got one more day to go here, and that is today for the next two hours. You can chill out, sit back, relax, and listen to some great fantasy and reality baseball coverage with myself, Craig Mish along with Bernie Pleskoff, former MLB scout, and, of course, Joe Pizapia back at home base in New Jersey. Sean Guastamacchia producing this show, as well as Chris Pavona helping out as well. And the big story, of course, broke last night. We've had a very solid winter meetings, and we have a lot to get to here on the show. But, Bernie, we start off with the 320, what is it? Four. $324 <laughs> million dollar contract. Uh, Garrett Cole uh, to the New York Yankees. Bernie, I'll start off with you. Your thoughts. Well, here's the thing. I, the, the Yankees got their man. The Angels did not. I cannot believe Artie Moreno did not up the ante. But let's talk about Garrett Cole. It's over now. The Yankees are better. The American League East is on notice once again. Here's the thing about Garrett Cole. He can strike out any hitter and end any rally right now with his arsenal. That's how good this guy is. He is the best pitcher in baseball. He's going to be in pinstripes on the biggest stage in the game. And if there's anyone up to it, it's Garrett Cole. Not everyone can pitch in New York. Not everyone can handle the pressure. And the media will be all over him if he stumbles at all. But he's the type of guy, he's as tough as nails. Craig, I've been in his presence. You do not want to go up with a bat in your hand against this guy. He's that good. Yeah, and, and by the way, uh, the $324 million given to Garrett Cole, uh, let, let's give some, and with all the bad things that are being said, let's give some of the credit, by the way, to the Houston Astros because there is no way that Garrett Cole comes off the seasons that he had in Pittsburgh and the lack of uh, really development and success that he had there. Uh, normally, Pittsburgh was a place in the past, especially with their pitching coach, Ray Searage, who had taken pitchers to the next level. Well, uh, great job by the Astros to get him into that position. He was the most dominant pitcher in the American League over the last couple of years. No question about that. One of the reasons why is they really disdain uh, the two-seam fastball. They really are four-seam pitchers. They teach that in their system. Guys that come in, even Verlander, did not pitch, you know, did not throw the two-seamer as much. That's big. 
and it really is institutionally uh, baked in their recipe. They are one of the biggest metric teams, you know, out there that we we know of, and getting rid of that two seamer had a lot to do with Cole's success. And you know, he was not with a winner with Pittsburgh. But I have to go back, Craig, and say to you, the how do you trade Garrett Cole if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yeah, I know you don't want to pay him. But how do you trade a first-round draft pick who is, you know, otherworldly and get very little in return? Well, I they, still don't get Well, it. they thought that uh, Joe Musgrove was, oh, a, was a good pitcher. They thought that uh, <laughs> Jason Martin was uh, – I like Jason Martin, but they thought that he was I – mean, he still may be a good outfielder, but look, it obviously – uh, trades don't work out. That's part of the game, Bernie. You know that. They um, just didn't want to pay him. Let's say it was. It was well, the Pirates it don't want to pay anybody, that's Bernie. Correct. I mean, that's that's it. They want to pay uh, Gregory Polanco. Um, okay, so uh, Joe, uh, your thoughts on uh, a Cole to the Yankees here from a fantasy perspective? Um, is he the number one overall pitcher taken in fantasy in 2020? Does this change any of your projections? Uh, well, look, I, I have him right up at the top anyway, so all this does is make me feel even better about him. I really don't care about ballpark factor or anything like that. Garrett Cole showing you he's the real deal, and this is not surprising that he ended up with the Yankees. Very reminiscent of that CC Sabathia deal. They needed a guy that was proven out there in the postseason. Sabathia had proven it with the Indians, and then that incredible run he had with Milwaukee there where he basically put that team on his back and took him to a playoff. And they went out there and got their guy, another California guy like Sabathia, too. And they need innings. They need somebody at the top of that rotation in the worst way. They haven't had two guys top 200 innings in that rotation for the Yankees since 2013. And those names were CC Sabathia and Hiroki Kuroda. So it's been a long time since they had some established guys at the top. Now they become the team to beat. They've weakened the Astros from a fantasy perspective. You know he's going to get run support. Uh, it's a pretty good defensive team still, I would say, for the Yankees. Still some things they can improve on, but... Overall, when you look at this move here, uh, this was, to me, anticipated. I felt like the Yankees were going to go out there, get their guy. If you're going to pay an extraordinary premium, go out there and get the very best. I feel like they did that. It worked with Sabathia. Right now, he's 28. Strasburg was 30. That's two extra years. That's where you get that nine-year contract from instead of the seven. He's got that opt-out, which we'll see what happens with that. But at the end of the day, Craig, the Yankees got their guy, and it's hard not to argue that they are the favorite this year going into the 2020 Major League Baseball season to win it all. There's one little caveat here that concerns me, and that's that right field porch. You know, he can give up home runs, and that's not that's not a pretty place to face left-handed hitters. So I want to keep that in mind. I want people to understand that that, that right field porch is, you know, sometimes death. And I think Cole can handle it, but it's not a perfect situation for him. Yeah, a lot of the fun that happens is here at the winter meetings, even things that happened before the winter meetings, as soon as the uh, Astros were eliminated. And the first thing that we heard for about three weeks is Garrett Cole's going to sign with a West Coast team and yeah, prefers right. the West Coast. Yeah, that was, white, uh, yeah he's a California that's guy. A, that was a three-week conversation that, uh, that ends Hey, the, I was among them. I thought he was going to the Angels, yeah. so I admit it. it just, no, but listen, it just shows you never know when, uh, when And the, the Yankees, Yankees always wanted him, Craig. I mean, they drafted him. He went back to UCLA. Everyone forgets that too yeah well listen it worked out well for the yankees for sure uh we'll see if it works out in the long term you never know how these deals are going to go and we'll assess it in three or four years if he brings them a world series there's no doubt that that will work out all right the opening drive is up next we're just getting started 
here live from the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego. Our coverage of the winter meetings here on FNTSY continues after this short break. Craig, Joe, and of course, former MLB scout, Bernie Pleskoff, don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Turn live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage, the opening drive. The first play of the game. And welcome back to the opening drive here on Fantasy Sports Today. We're live at the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Thanks so much to everybody who's been listening the last couple of days. We've certainly had a lot of fun doing it, and we are going to continue to do it today. Bernie Pleskoff, Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. It is the opening drive, and normally we cover a lot of football here on this show, Bernie, and I'm getting ready for my fantasy football playoffs <laughs> coming, up, coming up this week. A big week for me for sure. But let's dive back into baseball and uh, use a baseball story for a football theme, and we turn it over to you, Bernie, for first down. Yes, uh, gentlemen, Nomar Mazzara has been traded to the Chicago White Sox. They were looking for two left-handed hitters. They got their first one in Grandal, who's a switch hitter. Their second one is Mazzara. And here's why I like this, this trade. First of all, he's only 24 years old. People think he's been around a long time. He's 24 the presence of Jose Abreu on that club should help Nomar Mazzara reach his potential. Abreu is fantastic in the clubhouse. He is great with young players. That's one of the reasons Abreu got that lengthy contract. They know his value. He is like a second coach to them, another manager. But especially with Hispanic players, he can take him under his wing and I think you're going to see tremendous uh, upside realized for Nomar Mazzara. I'm going to target him now. That's a nice playpen for him. Nomar Mazzara just went up in my mind in fantasy. Mm, interesting note there, uh, especially uh, to see if they can get the most out of Nomar Mazzara, which is something we've said now. Yeah, he's only 24. For That's two, the for thing. two years. Yeah, we've right. said that. A very likable player, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see if that will work out for the White Sox, who, by the way, cannot be done <laughs> with with this offseason. They got a long way to go. All right, so that's first down for me. I'll go to second down here. A signing that we haven't talked about yet in the first ten minutes of the show. Uh, Didi Gregorius, yes, who signed after man. our show was uh, over yesterday. He ends up going to the Cincinnati Reds on what would be called I don't know a pillow deal, a one year deal, a show me deal. Philadelphia. Yes. What, what kind of deal? Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati Reds, I said. Did I say Cincinnati yes, Reds? Did. Okay, well, that's what, that was wishful thinking. He signs with the Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. I'm off and running here. He started his career with Cincinnati. That's what I, that's what I would pokey reads. No, okay. So, um, uh, Philadelphia, so the Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, he signs a one-year deal with them. 
he will play shortstop. They're still looking for a third baseman. Bernie, the fantasy aspect of this, I, I think that this is a great spot what for him in for that him park. Yeah, great lineup. Bryce Absolutely. Harper, JT Real Muto, Reese Hoskins. Is he healthy? Well, we don't know the answer to that, Which, yeah. is, but he did not accept the, uh, or he was not offered the qualifying offer by that's the Yankees, correct. and that would tell you yeah, right. something about Didi Gregorius. So that's for right. fantasy, I think they got to use a little caution. It's a great spot, but when a team does not offer you that one-year deal... What do they know that we didn't What know? do they know? Exactly. So, uh, Didi's a very likable player. He's in a great spot. I would say that if you wanted to set his Vegas total of over-under on his home runs this season, you'd put it somewhere in the 20 to 25 range. I think that's probably fine. Expecting another 30 or something like that, probably unrealistic. Uh, but the Phillies are back all in on another and, year. And he's back with Girardi. I think that's really important that Girardi will know this guy and the Yankee background that Girardi has I think it's going to help Didi but look the guy is a good defensive shortstop he's got a cannon for an arm at least he used to I think this health issue is important to watch and I think the Phillies probably have gone over the medicals or will before the, the ink dries but it's a good sign. It's a good sign for the Phillies, and it's a good sign for Didi. He took one year because he wants to reestablish his value. All right, so that's second down. Let's turn it over to Joe Pizapia for third down. Joe? Absolutely. One quick note, too, that shortstop market next year has got Lindor, Correa, Carlos Seager, and Trevor Story in it. So one year makes sense for uh, certainly for the Phillies. They can go back into that shortstop market again. Uh, next year if they want to if they don't get what they want out of Gregorius uh, for me third down is Madison Bumgarner if you can believe it apparently there's discussions according to Ken Rosenthal about Madison Bumgarner talking to the Dodgers and I don't know guys I mean I'm thinking like with the time that Wade Boggs went from the Red Sox to the Yankees or Roger Clemens I'm trying to think of guys like that that were such historic figures in their franchise going to their rivals and baseball doesn't have nearly the hot rivalries it once did in the 70s and 80s and even parts of the 90s but to me this one is still pretty hot and i don't know could madison bumgarner actually do that could he leave the san francisco giants and then go to the rival dodgers after all of those years and all that bad blood i don't think it's going to happen but it sure is fun to talk about did the dodgers general manager leave uh the dodgers and go to the giants uh, oh, good I think i good think point. he did good point good I point think he did but he's not yeah. on there in the field competing against those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. we know some of the choice words that go back between those dugouts some years. It's still the Hatfield and McCoys for those who were my age. Yeah. It's anyway, you know, I yeah, like to expand me, on this one. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see it. And um, I don't see it either. Yeah. But anything's possible. I think he wants oh, to course. win. Yeah. And I think the Dodgers have a shot to win. I, I don't know. I said to you before the show. This is one that I have no target place for. I've told you that Bumgarner loves Phoenix. He, he owns horses in Phoenix. He's very happy when he's in Phoenix. However, they're not ready to win, so I don't think he goes to Phoenix. But this is a guy that you can't predict. I will tell you this. My, the, the, the people I talk to say he does not want to be a mentor. He doesn't want to be a second pitching coach. He wants to go and win. He does not want to help young you know, not that he wouldn't, but he's not going to a place to be the guy that the young kids come to and say, show me how to throw this curveball. You know, I, I, I just see this guy as one of the greatest pitchers that I have ever seen. That Kansas City Giants World mm -hmm. Series was epic for me. There's a lot of innings on his arm. A lot of innings. On, he's, he's 
you know, he's got a lot of wear and tear, but he's still a great pitcher. Hey, I, I um, to expand on this a little more, as I said uh, when we were on uh, the previous show, uh, the Dodgers, I think I think you brought up a good point, Bernie, here, and I'll expand on it on third down. The Dodgers are doing a phenomenal job at pushing the market up That's on, right. on these players. That's right. Bryce Harper. They did it. Manny Machado. Right. Uh, Garrett Cole, maybe. We don't know how far deep they were down the road. Until the Dodgers do that and spend the $300 million. You know, They did extend Kershaw. Right. But until they do that. They didn't have any choice. Of that. course. But until they do that, Bernie. I don't see it. I, I, I don't. I and, and look, I, I could see Bumgarner in a second saying yes. I don't think the Dodgers are real on it. I don't you know, think they're real on him. I don't think they're real on Rendon. You know what I think they're real on? The guy you mentioned, Gavin Lux. I think they're real on finding the guys in the international right. market, developing their own players, and using that to extend their own guys. That's it. Right. You know, and they're not going to part with Gavin Lux either. No, no. I don't think they will. No, of course not. Um, and so uh, on uh, fourth down here, we have about a minute to go, Bernie. Uh, MLB is investigating and now has released some of the information on the investigation on whether the <laughs> balls the are juiced or not, yeah, Bernie. Right. And, uh, boy, I Took mean, that, that's, a, that's a hard read for me to try to dive in and, and, and figure out. I mean, look, the bottom line is for fantasy, we do kind of need to know it's what's going to happen. It's all in the seams? Are you serious? In the drag? Yeah. Well, they're saying the seams are inconsistent. You know what? It seems to me that it's a little bit more than that, okay? I'm just going to tell you, I think the cork is different. I think everything about it is different. Oh, oh by the way, they own the, the company that makes the baseballs. Yeah, they, they took over uh, Rawlings two years ago, I think, if I'm not mistaken. All right, so that's the opening drive here on the show. Uh, we'll take a quick time out here on the program just to kind of give you an idea as to what we have planned for you. A couple former big leaguers are going to be on our show today. Uh, former uh, stolen base champion and rookie of the year, uh, Vince Coleman, will be on our program in about 20 minutes from now. I had a chance to catch up with him one-on-one. -on -one. We're expected to have from MLB Network and former uh, Mets uh, all-star Cliff Floyd. Uh, World Series champion will join us around 10 o'clock Eastern, so that's one uh, 10 o'clock Pacific, so that's 1 o'clock Eastern as well. Uh, but all the latest from the winter meetings, I got a story here that I just put out a couple minutes ago. We'll dive into that next. Could Eddie Rosario be on the move? That's what I'm here for, to help Huge you guys out mistake. in reality and fantasy. Huge we'll mistake. take a quick time out. FST continues next live from the MLB winter meetings at the Grand Manchester Hotel, Grand Hyatt Hotel here in San Diego. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports Today live at the Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Bleskoff. 
All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today live from the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. We are at the Grand Hyatt Manchester Hotel, and uh, Bernie Pleskoff here with me, Craig Mish. we got Joe Pizapia back in New Jersey. We're covering all the latest news and notes in fantasy and reality, trying to take the reality of the Winter Meetings and dive into the fantasy aspect of it. We've talked about a couple of the moves that happened yesterday. Garrett Cole going to the New York Yankees, Didi Gregorius. As uh, as I correctly said the first time, don't correct me. Went to the Philadelphia Phillies, right? I think That's I, I said the right. Yeah, the Philadelphia Phillies, um, both red teams. Uh, just got the jersey. Just got the jerseys uh, messed up here. Nomar Mazzara to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, the other move that happened while we were off the air yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bernie was Kevin Gossman signing a one-year deal with the San Francisco Giants. And uh, uh, $9 million. Kevin Gossman was the darling of, of every sneaky fantasy analyst over the last couple of years, waiting and waiting and waiting for this guy <laughs> to bust out. I don't know why. I don't know how. Uh, you know, I, I've always said that I try to keep my, um, my comments about the players uh, from a respect point of view to a minimum because I have to see these guys in person. So for me to say this guy sucks or this right. guy's bad, it's like very easy for a host on the radio to say it. I got to see these guys, you I know, understand. and so I, I can't I can't do that. Uh, but this guy, Kevin Gossman, should never talk to me ever again based on the <laughs> based on the things that I that's like the one guy I think that honestly, the last few years. Uh, probably shouldn't. But look, he uh, went to the Braves, did a good job of the bullpen. The Giants are saying all the right things. They're saying, oh, no, he's $9 million. I mean, we're going to use him That's in the start steal, starting rotation. Uh, the, uh, I talked to somebody yesterday who told me, yes, the Giants will probably give him an opportunity out of the gate as a starter. Mm -hmm. The Giants are very bereft in starting pitching right now. Right. Uh, uh, Cueto will start, Jeff Samarja. Uh, Gossman, probably the third guy in the rotation, but also said to me, if it doesn't work, is it reasonable uh, for this $9 million guy to be a phenomenal bullpen closer type if it doesn't work? And I said, well, you know, it's something I re didn't really think about. Uh, Farhan Zaid is a very intelligent guy when it comes to doing these sort of deals. So, uh, Bernie, what do you see for Gossman? I will not buy in on fantasy again. I don't care what, what happens and where he goes. I'm just not sold on him. Uh, but that being said, what do you what do you kind of project? Uh, could he start the second game of the season, third game of the season for the Giants? Will he stay in the rotation the whole year? Is he a guy that they get now and then flip on July 31st? Well, first of all, I'm not convinced that Cueto is 100% healthy. So, you know, that's a question mark in my mind. But uh, Gosman does give them an arm, and they need that desperately. But if he doesn't work out, there's always the Orioles that they could trade him to. Because, you know, he'll be a star with the Orioles. Let's uh, face it, you know. Um, Joe, uh, Gossman, any, uh, any interest, reality or fantasy for you? Uh, look, you know, one-year deals are always intriguing because you're looking for a guy to build up value. It's a positive ballpark factor. I think if you're in those 20-team leagues, you're always looking for arms. Maybe you throw a dart at the end of, you know, this is one of these guys, you know, we talked about what does spring training mean? Not much. But this is a guy that if he has a good spring, that could certainly get into that dart throw category where you pick him up in a deeper league and maybe you play him in matchups. And maybe you get a couple good starts in April out of him and you could flip him for something more useful in a package. I'm not expecting much, but look, this is a guy that unfortunately the Orioles just bounce back and forth between the bullpen, between the rotation, between AAA, between the big leagues. And, you know, they were unwilling to take their lumps and let the guy just stick in the rotation. I think it hurt his confidence. Maybe it's a scenario where he gets his health and his confidence back in San Fran. There's certainly not a lot of pressure on him right there. So maybe stranger things have happened. We'll see. But right now he's a Darth Thrower at the best. Park, park factor is huge here. 
Yeah, it, it, it really is. I mean, every pitcher gets a boost when they throw half their games, you know, in San Francisco. And it could happen with this guy. So I think he's an L an NL only guy right now, but I could be wrong, and I'll see him in spring training. Yeah, and, and look, this is part of what we do, and, and when the signing happens, we come on the show and we talk about it. Not everybody is a gem. Uh, you know, there are some players that uh, you know, are, are going to be only league types, and, and Bernie brings up an excellent point, because somebody in an NL only league this year, and I'm in the big NL only ones too, Tout Wars and the like, um, you know, you throw a, a $2 bid on a Kevin Gossman, you, you have him on your roster, you give him five starts. If his ERA is six, you, you bid him farewell. If his ERA is four, right. you, carry you, trade the in, you, ca- <laughs> you carry the innings and, 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 and compile them. Right. But, uh, look, that's, that's kind of where he's at. Another player who is in the Gossman type, by the way, and I'm familiar with his situation, um, who's also a free agent who is looking for a similar type deal as Michael Waka, who's a free agent of the St. Louis Cardinals. As, as you mentioned, health is going to be a concern always with Waka because, uh, you know, he, he has broken down in the past. But uh, tw- I would think 20 starts, 25 starts would be reasonable for, uh, for Waka. He's on the market right now as well, looking for a one-year type deal, maybe in the range of where Gossman got. Maybe not quite as much at $9 million, but maybe a $6 million with a lot of incentives built in that could get him to that point. So that's another name to keep an that's eye on. That's a great name. When I first saw him... I I thought this guy had you know star written all over. Yeah, he yeah. was really good. He had a great arsenal. He could get guys out with a changeup. He could throw a breaking ball, but you know you have to stay healthy, and he did not stay healthy. And I don't know who's going to pay nine million dollars. Uh, the reward is great, but the risk is great as well. Yeah. And you mean a fantasy for me is risk reward, just like baseball is. It's all risk reward. Take a risk on this guy. The rewards could be great. Uh, or you don't take the risk. That's it. All right. Uh, so another little piece of news here uh, from, from what I'm hearing. We can we can dive into this since we're live here on the show. The Twins appear to be active and interested right. in dealing uh, Eddie Rosario from the that? Minnesota Twins. How can you trade Eddie Rosario? Look, this guy is one of those underrated baseball players. He is so good. He's one of those wrist hitters that I, you know, I try to get him on every team I have because I know he's going to produce. And you don't talk about it. You know, in general, I would say people don't talk about the Twins players enough. They are really good. Yeah. How do you take this guy out of that lineup? I don't think you can do well, it. Well, here, here's the question, Bernie, is that every, you know, I don't know. That I can't speak to exactly what with the Twins, but let me let me read through the tea leaves here. Uh, twins are going to be on a limited payroll threshold. We know that. Maybe the asking price. Except they're going after Bumgarner. Maybe they're not, So that Bernie. doesn't make ba- sense ma- to me. Bernie, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. Maybe okay. what we're hearing is not true, which is Correct. entirely it's possible. It's very untwins-like. Right. But let, let's say let's say Madison Bumgarner, they, they've offered him a, a two-year deal. Okay? And let's say somebody else has offered 100. They're out. Maybe they're looking at the market and saying the only way that we're going to be able to acquire a pitcher. a pitcher is by moving one of our batters. And by the way, we hit 300 million home runs last year, and we led the league yeah, in home exactly. runs. So I'm, 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 I'm diving in. Based on when the Marlins end, this is kind of what I'm surmising here. Okay, So the Marlins have talked to the Twins about uh, Eddie Rosario, but they're asking for the Marlins' best player again. So um, this is what happened with Mazzara also. The Marlins are not trading Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> For Eddie Rosario, that's not happening. So, um, you know, Joe, I mean, Rosario is a mm-hmm. nice player for sure in fantasy. And, and look, he could certainly hit 30 home runs. It, it pays to do your due diligence. And by the way, 
I want to be clear on one other thing, too, um, knowing, and Bernie, you know this, you've been in these rooms, too. I, I don't indict any team for asking for a certain player. You never know when you're going to ask. Well, let me just say this. You ask, okay, and then you whittle it down. Of course. Okay, so you won't give us X. Oh, you know what? We'll settle for Y. And Y is who we had in our mind all along. Right. And, and by the way, it, it couldn't in the past, when you think about this, too, under the in speaking to the Marlins' point of view, asking a lot of times got the deal done with the Marlins because the owner was very heavily involved. <laughs> right. And when you ask for Luis Castillo yeah. from, the Miami, from the Florida Marlins at the time, uh, who was a young player coming up in the organization, or Christian who, who knows, maybe somebody will say yes there. <laughs> exactly. so, so it doesn't hurt to say yes. So, the, so I don't think that this is realistic for Miami, but, Joe, it does seem like if, if uh, the Twins can go on the cheap and get a younger uh, higher-end starting pitcher as opposed to having to sign Bumgarner or sign Dallas Keuchel because there'll be competition for him. Maybe this is the way to go. But uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Well, look, I think Rosario is a guy that, as Bernie you know, agrees, I'm sure, is a very nice player, obviously a very good hitter, a very undervalued, underappreciated hitter who doesn't get talked about enough because where he plays and also because he's got guys around him they get more hype. You know, Nelson Cruz is, you know, that guy still that gets a lot of attention. But Rosario is really kind of that that uh, the straw that stirs the drink, as they say. Right. And when he missed time last year, you saw it. It took its toll on that lineup. And when he came back, all of a sudden that lineup started getting good again. I'll say this. I think it makes sense for the Twins looking at it. They need pitching in the worst way. If they can move Rosario, bring back some pieces in that uh, or a pitcher in that kind of a deal potentially – then you can pivot because in that pipeline, they've got Alex Kirilov, who's a really nice young player, and also Trevor Larnick. Those are two guys in that pipeline for Minnesota that are very good, have played so far very well. Larnick had a good year at AA last year. Kirilov's starting to come on, too. So those are two guys that they're looking at. You know, last year, 94 games for Kirilov in, um, in AA, and he had a good season, not a great season, but they're very high on him. And if he continues to go at this pace, you're looking at guys that – in the next year or so, you can have replace the productivity, hopefully, or a certain extent of it, of Eddie Rosario. And in the meantime, maybe you can patch it together with a Domingo Santana, with somebody else out there on that free agent wire right now until those kids are ready to take over and adjust pitching in the meantime. Craig, does Caleb Smith get it done? Um, they did not That's ask not for a bad him. deal for both of those teams, actually. Does he, could he get He's it the done? only left-handed pitcher in their rotation. Yeah, but you get a Rosario. <laughs> that's not a bad deal for either team. I'm just I, saying I, that's I, a good one. I, I don't think Eddie Rosario is getting traded to the Marlins. I don't either. I, I said that at the beginning. I don't think you can. But do it's that. nice to talk about yeah, it, it and is. stir it, it up. Is. That's what that's it what is. we'll do here. But they, but they have talked. I mean that's that's a fact. Um, yeah. But beyond that, I, I can't I can't tell you that uh, the Marlins are going to trade Sandy Alcantara for him. That's, oh that's, no, that's not no going to happen. The, the front line kid in your rotation who threw 200 innings last year. I mean, sometimes we have to look at things deeper. And this this doesn't speak uh, strictly to Sandy Alcantara, who, of course, I'm a fan of. Uh, what we don't – the difference between fantasy and reality is as follows. In reality, if a guy's ERA is in the mid-fours and he's throwing 200 innings, they'll take that any day of the week. Innings are so important in Major League Baseball. you got to have it. We'll be back with much more. Vince Coleman joins us next here on FNTSY. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. 
We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Now we return live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. And we're happy to have Vince Coleman here on the show, former Rookie of the Year, of course, great with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, New York Mets. And uh, Vince, thanks so much for being part of the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great to be seen here in lovely California, San Diego. All right. Before we get into baseball here, I know that you're a very big football fan as well and big fantasy week for me. I got to make some really big decisions. <laughs> I may have to lean on you well, for, you for these. A lot of people don't realize that how I was submitted to go to college was on a football scholarship. You know, out of high school, I walked on didn't really have a college to go to, but my mom told me I wasn't going to be a product of my environment. So you're going to school, boy. So while I was there, I said, okay, I'll walk on the football team. And I tried out for the football team. And I became an All-American punter place kicker. I had a cousin in the pros, Greg Coleman, that punted for the Vikings mm -hmm. for like 10 years. And uh, I was following his footsteps. And that was my inspiration is to be a punter and place kicker. Uh, I was brought into camp in 1982 by the Washington Redskins. Bobby Bethett was the GM. But when I made a mistake, when I got there, I ran back to back 429 40-yard dashes mm -hmm. and he was going to make me a wide receiver and I said well you got to let me punt a little bit there but in 1982 they had a kid named Jeff Hayes that went on to win the Super Bowl that year and he was a punter he averaged 36 yards and I always say that if I had was given an opportunity to punt because I carried a 43-yard average um, in the in college but never got that chance to really play in the pros but that was my my, my ambition was just to be a punter in the NFL so I I'm a big football fan, and so I watch football every day religiously on the weekend. So, you know, you having that fantasy camp, that fantasy <laughs> league there, you know, so I would love to be a part of it one day. So keep me posted. No, I will. I'll get you uh, I'll get you in the league for sure. One of our leagues next year, no doubt about that. Um, you know, when fa fantasy baseball is very popular as well. <laughs> and I got to say, historically speaking, I mean, there was Ricky Henderson, and then there was you in terms of stealing bases. And, and honestly, you took that thing to the— Only because Ricky was in the league before me it was Ricky then me you know yeah. then I kind of caught up with him then. yeah but, but come on but you you took you took stealing to the next level and so this is what everybody wants to know in the reality of baseball and why you're not uh, coaching this I, I don't even I don't know and I don't get it no one wants to steal anymore no one's interested in it year to year basis it doesn't happen um, don't look at me like that it's going away no one no one forget about stealing a hundred bases that's that's long gone that's long gone but we can't even find guys to steal us on a consistent basis 40 like there's one guy or two guys and the days of that are just gone what, what's going on it's the want to factor is how many guys want to do it you know I, I say this knowledge builds confidence confidence makes you play fast and when you play fast you kick ass so those are some of the things that I learned early in my college days and especially when I got into the pros, was that Don Blast game taught me the nuances on how to dissect, analyze pitchers, capitalize off their mistakes. So going into that ball game, I knew when Jim Deshays, Bruce Hurst, Zane Smith, Frank Viola, Fernando Valenzuela, I knew when they came set, 
and I'm talking about left-handers when they was going home versus going to play. So imagine if you was a hitter and you knew a fastball was coming versus off-speed pitch. You know how confident you was. You know, so I tell all these young kids that all the confidence you have coming out of high school when you was in Little League, now the same confidence, I need that same confidence once I get on base. You know, so, but the thing is, is that guys come out of these club balls and travel teams, Base running is not emphasized. Base steal is not emphasized. There's more emphasis put on the launch angle and exit velocity, how you play defense and hit home runs. But, you know, I'm the how-to coach. You know, if you come to me and want to know how to steal bases, I can teach you how to separate and gain distance on the first step. I can teach you how to read pitches and analyze off their mistakes. I can teach you how to get that big, aggressive, secondary, primary lead to force that pitcher to have that same body language every time. Because when there's a guy that's a base stealer that's a threat, it takes so much pressure. It puts so much pressure on that pitcher because now he squeezes the ball. He throws, don't throw the, the good sinkers and, 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 and sliders, you know, that, that are necessary to be consistent enough. But you have to have that body language and consistency for that guy that want to get out there and compete. It's about competing day in and day out. And all the guys you think back, do it. that was great base stealers. You look at Ricky Henderson, or Tim Raines, or, uh, or Lou Brock, or, or Jackie Robinson, or myself, Willie McGee. Willie McGee we was all football players, so you had those instincts. You didn't want to get hit on the football field. Or you was a, uh, a Tony Gwynn, you know. He was a great basketball player, so he had the instincts, and he was focused. You know, he was daring. He was adventurous. He was anticipation. You know, so those are the things that you need to have that consistency as a great base dealer. Now, why not bring you in to a Major League Baseball team as a coach or a manager right now, and you work with four or five guys in the big leagues, and those teams that aren't willing to go out there and spend the money on exit velo and spend the money on launch angle and roll out three or four guys that can just run like the wind like Kansas City promised us last year but I don't know I, I mean they ran a couple of guys there Mondesi and Merrifield but why not why not bring in Vince Coleman to make that happen and in, in, in our fantasy world we know right away they bring you in we know where we're getting our steals well, well I'm available I, I'm definitely available I mean you know but you got to have that guy that that uh, that multiple talented kid that wants to go out every day day in and day out you know you don't have to be fast to be a great base runner. You got to be smart, alert, focus, and concentration and anticipation. As I said earlier, guys that go from first to third, go win balls in the dirt, score from second on base hit, win more championships. A guy that steals bases put that extra dimension into the offense that a lot of teams doesn't possess right now because you don't have that gritty, that hungry, that guy want to take it to the next level to take that risk and chances. I think this day and age, the, the, the teams are being made up with it. They don't really weigh too much on the base stealing standpoint to say that that's going to manufacture runs. It's more of a uh, of the war. The, right. the wins above replacements. When you make outs on bases, it's a discredited to your offense now. We don't want to take that risk. So you need to have an organization that is willing to take that risk knowing that it's going to up surpass the outcome of saying that it's a lot of reward at the end of the day of the rainbow. We, I was just blessed and fortunate to be in an era and blessed with the St. Louis Cardinals and being blessed with Whitey Herzog that built this team around speed. And I think that was my, God always had a plan, always had his hands in my plans and always and put me in the right place at the right time. And if it hadn't been for Whitey Herzog having patience with me, being as a young kid, egotistical kid, <laughs> uh, being this mischievous kid, 
you know, that willing to go out there and set the tone and the table. And I think I was an inspiration to a lot of my teammates because they saw no fear in me. And Willie McGee was a guy that kind of saw me day in and day out, knowing that I could push the envelope with him. Then you had Ozzy and you had Tommy Hurd, you had Terry Pendleton, you know, the list go on and on. So it was no accident that we went out in 19. 1985 and stole 350 bases and because we had a, a, a chemistry, you know, that we had a, a game plan. Uh, we came in every day. We dissected the picture. We knew what teams we could run on versus we couldn't run on because if a guy started sidestepping, all, we always had the body language as though we was going to run, but yet and still, if we knew that we was going to be, we can diffuse the slide step because now the catcher's back there putting the one down and now Willie McGee hit 350. Ozzie uh, became a 300 hitter because he's getting a lot more fastballs. And so Tommy Hurd hit uh, uh, 300 with 118 RBIs with eight home runs. You know, so Jack Clark was our only power hitter. He didn't, he didn't need no help. You know, he could hit anything out of the ballpark to right to left field. So we just had a whole chemistry of how we manufactured runs. But the biggest thing, you had that catalyst at the top of the lineup by setting the tone by that base stealing threat. We're here with Vince Coleman, one of the best base dealers in Major League Baseball history, Rookie of the Year. Uh, how do you see the game now, Vince, when you look around? And I know that you're here at the winter meetings, and the game is certainly changing a lot. The money is, is getting a lot bigger, <laughs> you know, certainly for some of these players, Man. too. And boy, you, you, what would they have paid you now? <laughs> I, was, I was born too soon. You know? uh, to see Strasburg go out and sign a, a $240 million contract, wow, if I'd have had one year when they was stole 100 bases and I did it three years in a row, man. And wow, I could have demanded the market. Um, it's just a different era during day and time. I mean, you know, um, uh, the game is more uh, based on, you know, pitching and defense and, and, and power hitting, you know. So um, it's not based around speed this day and age. So to me, the game is pretty boring. It's not as exciting. It's not as electric. You know, how many guys that I would pay to go see a game? You know, I see Mike Trout. You know, Mike Trout is a complete ball player, you know. Um, I, the best player I've seen that with my own eyes was Barry Bonds. I mean, you know, he could completely do everything, you know, hit home runs, steal bases. So those are the type of excitements that I like to see that when I come to a ball game, do we see that on a consistent basis that every team, because back in the day, every team had a catalyst at their lineup. You know, you had Otis Nixon, you had Kenny Lofton, you had Vince Coleman, you had Tim Range, you had Ricky Henderson, you know, so you had someone at that team that was exciting that going to jumpstart. You knew that they, if they got on base, they was going to attempt to steal a base. And that's what makes it much more fun, appealing to the fans. I wonder if they, that can change. I wonder if the game could get back to that with a couple of guys who could do it. Uh, the game today, I don't know if you if you watch them, but like Trey Turner on the Washington Nationals is someone that potentially could steal a lot of bases. Mondesi in Kansas City is another one. Uh, do you think that this trend just kind of continues, Vince, where, where the analytics uh, are heavily involved? Which, hey, look, for the right reasons, Houston, the Cubs, and the, very the Dodgers, analytical-based teams have won a lot. Uh, do you see anything changing anytime soon or are we just safe saying 100 steals for Vince Coleman we ain't gonna see that ever again <laughs> well I love when someone is challenging and breaking my record then my name is in the paper you know I, I I love that but someone asked the question how come there's a, a lack of minorities in the game of baseball right now and then I say well if you go back to all the major cities of Chicago and St. Louis or Jacksonville Florida where I grew up at or, or you go over to St. Louis and you go into um, the boys and girls club or the YMCA's and you see is baseball is not even an option there they're not even being offered there and you go to the parks where we all grew up at, it's not even baseball oriented, but they are from football, they are from basketball right now. So they're looking at it 
at that young age is that, you know, this is instant success. You know, you straight go straight to the pros. They don't have time to say, okay, go into the Marley. Now, Major League Baseball has come in and, and brought these youth academies, and, and they're being all inserted into Kansas City and Memphis and L.A. and Houston, which are good, but they, they're controlled by the club teams. And the club teams are being these travel balls. And, you know, for the minorities, they can't really afford to go and pay five to $10,000 a year to travel around. So it's not fortunate, but for the minorities, you know, that's where the, I wouldn't say the better athletes, but the more skill set guys that when you see that uh, Ricky Henderson, uh, Tim Raines, uh, Willie Wilson, uh, uh, Otis Nixon, and, and, you know, those guys of that era going straight to the football field of playing wide receiver. I would love to see a lot of um, uh, skill set guys that go to college and play multiple sports and then let, let that make the, the choice because we all played baseball as kids, you know, since you was nine, ten years old. These guys don't get that opportunity to play at that level. So now you see the majority of them going straight into football and, well, it's basketball and being omitted to play baseball at their young age. So it's a burning desire that we had ever since we was, you know, ten years old that kind of like and, – and that's why I choose Florida A&M to go play there because they were the school that allowed me to play both sports in college. You know, so I continued that, had that fire, that desire when I left college that I just need to play more consistently and I didn't get drafted into the 10th round, which I was kind of upset because they say my skill that playing against my competition was against guys from Stanford or USC or Notre Dame, but I played with a chip on my shoulder. I was destined to prove you wrong that I'm just as good as those guys and I'm approving wrong. Well, you did it. I mean, and the band does it every year. And, yeah, uh, I, I'm right. a, I went to University of Florida, so I'm. Very, oh, I'm, I'm okay. I live in I live in Hollywood. Oh, I see you okay. in Jupiter when you go to uh, when you go to the Roger Dean. Right. Um, okay, so let's end with this. Uh, make that fantasy football decision for me this week. Okay. Tom Brady against the Bengals, or um, I got to go with Winston against the Lions this week. Well, <laughs> make that Vince Coleman's making a fantasy decision with me. Well, Tom Brady, you can never go against Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's history speaks for itself. Uh, but for the last two or three weeks, I've been watching them. They offense is not clicking you know he don't have that separated that guy on that wide receiver spot that it can separate and gain distance that he can go deep you know a long ball only guy he has right now is Elman where he can get open you know from time to time give him five and ten yards but he need Gronk Gronkowski out there man he need Gronk need to come back so if I got to pick right now you know Winston has has a lot tons of of, 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 of interceptions but he go 400 yards every week so if you're a fantasy league guy I got to go with the guy that's, that's go give me 400 yards right now, so I got to go with Jamin Winston. Right. And he's a Florida boy. You know, it's the Florida, Florida, Florida State. But I'm a Gator. I don't like that. <laughs> All right, there it is. Vince Coleman with us, and we'll be right back. DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Sports Today live at the Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Bleskoff. 
Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. And we're happy to have Vince Coleman here on the show, former Rookie of the Year, of course, great with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, New York Mets. The game today, I don't know if you if you watch him, but like Trey Turner on the Washington Nationals is someone that potentially could steal a lot of bases. Mondesi in Kansas City is another one. Uh, do you think that this trend just kind of continues, Vince, where, where the analytics uh, are heavily involved? Which, hey, look, for the right reasons, Houston, the Cubs, and the, very anal- the Dodgers analytical-based teams have won a lot. Uh, do you see anything changing anytime soon, or are we just safe saying 100 steals for Vince Coleman? We ain't going to see that ever again. <laughs> well, I love when someone is challenging and breaking my record, then my name is in the paper, you know. I, I, I love that. But someone asked the question, how come there's a, a lack of minorities in the game of baseball right now? And then I say, well, if you go back to all the major cities of Chicago and St. Louis or Jacksonville, Florida, where I grew up at, or, or you go over to St. Louis and you go into um, the Boys and Girls Club or the YMCA's and you see is baseball is not even an option there. They're not even being offered there. And you go to the parks where we all grew up at, it's not even baseball oriented, but they are from football, they are from basketball right now so they're looking at it at that young age is that you know this is instant success you know you straight go straight to the pros they don't have time to say okay go into the minor league now major league baseball has come in and and brought these youth academies and and they're being all inserted into kansas city and memphis and la and houston which are good but they they controlled by the club teams and the club teams are being these travel balls and you know for the minorities they can't really afford to go and pay five to ten thousand dollars a year to travel around so it's not fortunate but for the minorities you know that's where the i wouldn't say the better athletes but the more skill set guys that when you see that uh, ricky henderson uh, tim raines uh, willie wilson uh, uh, otis nixon and and you know those guys of that era going straight to the football field of playing wide receiver i would love to see a lot of um, uh, skill set at guys that go to college and play multiple sports sports and then let that make the, the choice because we all played baseball as kids you know 